Warning, this episode of Ohio is on fire features entertainment of an intense nature. The opinions expressed belong to those that appear on Ohio is on fire and do not reflect the views of any website that streams Ohio is on fire. Download and enjoy. froze down. Ohio is on fire. Hope you missed me because I am back. Yes, after six or seven years of being the host at DDSU 169 FM and they were all wonderful years, I'm doing something different. I'm taking a big bet on myself and I am going pro. This is my first ever professional version of Ohio is on fire. And what that means, I'm going to try to get paid for these episodes. That's exactly what that means. And I have a lot of people to thank for that as I go on this new journey. Um, for the last year or so, I've been definitely studying the trends in the podcast community. I know um, one big help of mine was that um, podcast movement class I took back in 2018. I got a lot of advice from them. And also, something cool happened this past February, just about three months ago from this recording. We started to have podcast meetups in Dane, Ohio, which that's my home base. Of course, that is led by Izzy Rock. You know, those have been wonderful. I've gotten a lot of good advice, and I think it's now time that I take a chance myself. That's why I'm doing this episode of Ohio's on Fire. This is number 188 of the series, and it's a brand new day for Ohio's on Fire. And for anyone that's listening right now, I hope you join me on this journey as I continue to grow the show that I've been doing since 2007. I'm taking the next big step. And a big way that you can help me one of the things I'm doing to help support this podcast and support myself is that I have launched a Patreon just recently. And what it is, at Patreon.com, you know, all of your favorite shows or projects that you like, you can help support financially with different tiers. And I'm doing that. I have tiers of $1, $5, $20, and $100. And I'll explain what each of those means briefly for $1. Of course, this show, I launched, they view these shows every Friday for the Eventide Podcast Network, but for $1, you can get the show on Thursday. You can get it a little bit early, and it might be, it might be slightly different. I'm early on in doing this, so I know how different they will be, but you'll get it early, but also I will launch an exclusive voting pool um, to get your feedback on the show, because I want feedback from those that actually are paying and um, tipping my efforts for um, this professional version of Ohio is on fire. So you get it for $1. For $5, I am looking for um, promos and ads to air on my show. If you have an event or a business you'd love to promote on my show, and you support, and you support me on Patreon, then it's for $5 for each episode. You can do that. I will include you in the show. Either you can send me an MP3 of your um, finished product, or I'll do it for you for no extra charge. I can read it for you. Maybe you have maybe your music artist has an album release coming up, or your movie director, or a movie star who's got a big movie in the area coming up, and you want it to air. I think it's a really good rate, just five dollars per episode. So if you did like ten episodes, that's like fifty dollars worth of advertisement for ten whole episodes. And of course, I release one of these a week, um, so you're talking about a two to three month span 
So I think that's a good deal, and I would really appreciate it. Of course, for $20, you can take over my show for an episode, um, doing things that you want to do, which I do have to pre-approve. And of course, if you are a podcast host out there, we would just do a mashup. But it would, be, and I would, I would simply co-host your the show with you, to lead you along. But it'd be a takeover of sorts. Like, say, I'm trying to think of a good example. A good friend of a good friend of mine, Don Smith, he hosts the Life. Say that he put in twenty bucks to do an episode. He would take over my show. He would be, I let him be the lead host. He would have to join me on location. Because I do do a lot of these shows. I've been doing interviews at the Froto Build Bar in Dayton, Ohio, which later on you'll hear the very first one that I did for these, for these new um, recordings of Ohio's on Fire. Um, so something like that. Don Smith, you would have a strong influence in what happened during that episode. Let's put it that way. So that's 20 bucks, And then for the $100 tier, you can book me. Because I'd like to take the show on the road or in front of a live audience. Right now I'm asking for $100 plus... I want um, ho I want my hotel fees covered and my travel fees covered. Depends on how far the travel out. So it's hundred dollars plus the uh, extra fees to help me out. So we'll so that's early on. These tiers are my very first tiers I'm putting out there. We'll see how they work. But the one dollar it's it's a good entry point. Anyone can um, can provide a dollar. It's a dollar per episode. So um, for every time an episode comes out. You pay a buck if you're subscribed to me. So that's at Patreon. I really appreciate it. All the support I can get. So that's the way I'm hoping to fund this new adventure of Ohio's on Fire. Now with that being said, I'm doing something else. It's kind of like a reinvention of something I've done for many years. For many years I did OMVP, which was Ohio's Most Valuable Pedestrian. It was spelled OMVP. But now I'm making a new list. I'm doing something new. I'm doing something called... O, as an O-H, MVP. Ohio's most valuable people. Yes, it's no longer pedestrian, it's people. And the thing with people, it could also it could be a people, it could be a person, it could be a place. So it's, that's also work in progress. The P will stand for a lot of things, but we'll just call it people. O, O-H, MVP. That's a brand new list. And I'm going to debut it right now. This is my very first list. And I'm also going to keep a good track of this list. Because the last one, I never really took... I never um, paid attention to it. I just did the MVPs. And it was just there. It was there for craps and giggles, as they say. Um, but this, I'm actually making an actual list of people that I give this to. Because for anyone that becomes MVP during this rendition of Ohio's on Fire, I will look to interview that person. On that show, they'd be someone on my radar for in the future, whether I meet them in person or I get them on the phone, something like that. They're on the radar. So let's get to the first ever OMVP, and the music is still intact. Do 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 do. So with every OMVP, there is a backstory or a video that goes along that explains why this person or whoever involved is getting OMVP. So let's get to the story right now. Here it is. Our final story begins with a robbery. It did not end the way you might think. Here's Dean Reynolds. On Saturday night at this 7-Eleven in Toledo, store owner Jay Singh spotted someone who made him suspicious. You can see he's standing here 
putting his stuff in the pocket. And I see him when he comes back that his hands are empty. Singh told an employee to call 911, then he confronted the customer. He said, oh, I'll put it back. I said, no, 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 put everything on the counter. I want to see what all things you have in your pocket. And he wanted him to answer a simple question. And why are you doing it? He said, I'm hungry. I'm stealing it from myself and my younger brother. I said, you need food? I'll give you food. That's not the problem. And so he did, filling a bag with food for free and waving off the 911 call. If the police had shown up, you could have pressed uh, charges against Absolutely. Him. Why didn't you? There's no point in doing that because he's a young kid. That will go on his records that he was a thief. He cannot do anything in his life. He will not get a good job. He will not, this is not going to solve his hunger problem. Across the counter, Cedric Bishop was a witness. I just thought it was, you know, real amazing. So you went home and did what? Posted on Facebook, where it was like over a thousand shares. Brought tears to my eyes, honestly. We asked Singh, who moved to this country in 2007, why he did what he did. It's basically our Indian culture that if you give food to a hungry person, that's considered a, like, God will bless you for that. Amen. Dean Reynolds, CBS News, Toledo. All right, that was from CBS Evening News at YouTube. And my thoughts on the story, um, when I hear about robberies, they normally don't go good. Um, either the robber, the person trying to steal the food or their stuff, they have a gun on them or a weapon and they attack the person because they got caught. Or sometimes it's a store owner. They sometimes have the gun on them and they um, start, um, they, they they do bad things. It, like, that, it can be really tricky. I, I watch a lot of 48 hours, so these often go bad. But this is one of the rare occasions where it actually ended peacefully, and actually no one, nothing bad happened to either party. Now, however, it was um, the um, kid in question, because um, I read other articles on this story. He was 18 years old. He allegedly has a um, troubled home life. So I don't know. If the, uh, we don't think that the parents is involved or any adult supervision he might be poor um of course he has a younger brother which i guess he is the guardian of it was very unethical for the kid to do that um at 18 years old that's because more often than not they'll call the cops on you and he would have had a jail record right then and there he was trying to steal a bunch of food and smuggle it in his um, coat and whatever he was wearing that's really big of this guy jay singh because he decided to look at the positives he forgave the kid not only that, but he gave him his own personal batch of food, which that's amazing. He's a bigger guy than I am. I definitely wouldn't have handled it too good. I definitely would have called the cops and had the thief um, go away, serve his time, whatever he had to do. Um, that's really big of this guy, Jay Singh. And I'm also captivated by a story. He came here to Ohio from his, um, from his native land back in 2007. So he's someone that's trying to live the American dream or he was thinking of a bigger life for himself than perhaps he had elsewhere. So that's a classic story of rags to riches, and he's doing very well for himself, the fact that he's owning a 7-Eleven store in Ohio. That's really cool. So he's worked hard for everything that he's had. And that, that was just, that's an amazing gesture. Yeah, I don't know a lot of people that would have gone that route. Um, now for the young um, guy that tried to steal the food, hopefully he gets a second chance in life. He, it, that's very rare. Hopefully he takes advantage of it and maybe does good things for himself and for his brother. I tell you what, though, 
He will not steal this MVP. MVP's not going to him. It's going to go to Jay Singh. Yes, Jay Singh. He is the first ever OOH MVP for this rendition of Ohio is on Fire. You have a wonderful story on your hand. You're going to do great things with that 7-Eleven ownership. And maybe one day I'll interview you because I want to... You're someone I really want to talk to. I think I can get a good interview out of you. I think it'd be a great discussion because I want to know what you're all about. But until that happens, or if it happens, Jay Singh, we salute you here, Isles on Fire. You're the first ever O-M-V-P. That stands for Ohio's O-H Most Valuable Person. Yeah, we did it. Very first guy. Do 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 Alright, so good job to Jay Singh. For those of you that are familiar with this show, I do feature music along with the interviews and discussions I have relating to Ohio pop culture. I do feature music from local acts. Of course, I'm trying to expand on that with this series. I will continue to play local acts, but I'm hopeful to go global. As So I'm going to do this little by little, and I hope, I hope to do it naturally and organically. Um, but right now I'm going to play my um, first showcase for this episode, for this professional version of Ohio's on Fire. And this guy, he is a fan of my show from when I did this at College Radio. But this artist, Brian P. Maffini, he is a longtime artist from Dayton, Ohio. He does a lot of sessions um, for all, a lot of the local bars and the open houses. He plays his music whenever he can. He does release things from time to time. Back in December 2018, he released his latest album, The Canary in the Cage. And I'm going to play two of those tracks from that album, and he would really appreciate it. So I salute you, Brian P. Maffini, for making great music from Dayton, Ohio. I'm going to play Oblivious and Seldom I Rest. <laughs> Swings from a rope 
person Keith Irving now when I first met Keith Irving a few years ago uh, he was doing stand-up at Rocky some pizza joint um, I assume that he'd been doing this for 30 or 40 years because he is we'll say an older gentleman um, I'm thinking early 50s and if I'm wrong about that Keith if you're if you really if you're 20 years old to my apologies you just look like an older gentleman but you look graceful though still um, but I had this um I assume he'd been doing it for a while, and I realized that it was a late-in-life decision because he was living a he-home life, always wondering what he could do if he if he takes a chance on himself. And he finally found the encouragement, and now he's doing really cool stuff in the area. Um, he films a lot of projects that takes place in Ohio. He does a lot. Of, he films and produces a lot of shows for DATV, which is Dayton's Access Television. And of course, we talk about his latest project series, Comedians with Raymond Jackson. That's supposed to debut this month. It's may, it may have already debuted as I released this episode. And we learn about a lot of them things that he, he's discovered about himself over the years. We learn about his participation with the Cincinnati Reds Fantasy Camp. And other good things about Keith Irvin. So yeah, he's my very first interview for this new rendition of Ohio is on Fire. And this is at the Froto Build Bar. So we'll take it away. Please enjoy. We are here at the Frodo Build Bar here in Dayton, Ohio. I'm with my guest for this episode. Um, he's a well-known name within the Dayton, Ohio neighborhood in stand-up comedy and all sorts of various forms of entertainment. He is one and only Keith Irvin. Say, say hello, sir. Hey, how's everybody doing? Yes, thank, thank you for being here. I am so honored to, to be interviewing you today. Thank you for uh, thinking of me. <laughs> it was a surprise. I'm a surprise. Usually, low man on the totem pole, so I'm not. <laughs> so this. Oh, is I, the, I don't think you're that this low. Is the first. <laughs> uh, first. Well, we're, we'll try to make make some good out of this today. All right. but, um, cool. but you are, cool. for the most part, you are a stand-up comedian. Um, yeah. you, you grew up during a time where people like Richard Pryor, Eddie Murphy, and Arsenio Hall, they were household names in the entertainment field. Right. So I just want to know, um, you had a chance to watch those guys. What did you like about them? What is it that they did very well within comedy? Well, none of them were, were Richard Pryor and Eddie Murphy. Well, Richard Pryor off the bat. You know, Richard Pryor, he was a clean comic, and he didn't really come out 
till he had a actually had a he was doing a Vegas show. Yeah. And uh, had a bad first show and got frustrated. And when he went back out there, he did Richard Pryor. He was doing the cussing. All him cussing, man. And I forget if it was Don Knotts or, or another famous told him you need this that's what you need to do so <laughs> that's when he became the Richard Pryor that we know now oh man and yeah. Eddie Murphy he just I think he was 17 when he started by 18 he was yeah and by 19 he was on Saturday Night Live yeah that's 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 just unheard of so yeah, he had a gift yeah so him and Arsenio Hall when they got together and they just blew up the 90s so Absolutely, and why hear about Richard Pryor? Yes, some people do know him for his cussing and his strong um, material, but I do imagine there was a time, like any other comedian that's getting started, they're, they're trying to find their voice. Yeah, it takes so it takes. And he had to find years. his voice. I'm still looking for mine, you know, and I've been doing it what six years now. Okay. You know, so I'm still trying to find out my avenue. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I think you're doing a good job because I have seen you perform before. You have, you have good work. I appreciate and a lot of people that. think highly of you, so I think you're I on your really, way. I really appreciate that. But um, now I know right now for major comedy clubs around here, we have the Dayton Funny Bone and we have Wiley's Comedy Club. Right. Um, of course, now years ago when I was a little kid, there used to be a place called Joker's Comedy. Mm -hmm. I was too young to go to it, but I was wondering, did you ever go to Joker's like when it was around years ago? And do you have any memories of that place. Yeah, yeah. Jokers used to be actually on uh, out in uh, out in uh, uh, Centerville area, um, Kingsridge. Yes. Now that was Lisa Grisby used to run that, and you know that's where all the the young uh, Vince Morris and uh, Eddie Griffins that when they were young started out. Yeah. And. Uh, Jokers bought in, well, Dayton Funny Bone franchise bought Jokers yeah. Comedy Club. So that's where Jokers went to the Dayton Funny Bone. Yeah. And they went out to Beaver Creek. Yeah, I think that venue now, I think that became a Golden Corral. So that's quite, quite, a, um, quite a transformation. Came from right, a cutting yeah. edge comedy club yeah. to a place for people. Over 300 pounds, each stuffed their face on right, all these. Right. And Wiley's, of course, he used to be on Patterson. Where, yeah. He used to be where uh, Patterson Pub is. Yeah, I've heard of them. Way back then, you know, back in the, yes. whatever, the 80s. Yeah. Okay. I'll have to take your word so, on that because, yeah, once yeah. I was a baby during that right. time. Yeah, I'm sure 90s. you were, sir. <laughs> you don't have to bring that up. All right. <laughs> Yeah, I've heard from many that comedy isn't supposed to be taken literally. Sometimes jokes come off as offensive by members of the audience. An example would be any Me Too jokes, because we're in the Me Too movement. Right. Some of them might hear a joke and be like, oh, that's awful. So I just want to know your opinion. Um, if someone gets offended by a joke, is that the comedian's fault, or is that the audience member's fault? Always, everything's always the audience's fault. Okay. <laughs> Everything is always the audience's fault. Because comedian, if you do a joke at one venue and it kills. Yeah. And you do a joke at another venue and they're offended or it fails. Then, you know, you're the same person on both. And it's the audience. So, I would say the audience. It could be, ge time. It could be geographical. Because yeah, I think location is everything. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Some jokes wouldn't work at some other venue. That, that's probably it. 
No, but yeah, anything you do is always the audience fault, no matter what. All right, Good joke, bad joke. Okay, I gotta remember that as a podcaster. It's not me, it's the audience. You exactly. Just, you gotta learn. Exactly. I always blame it on somebody else. Oh, all right. Well, that's <laughs> well, that's true. Um, I want to know who do you like in stand-up comedy right now? <clears throat> I like and respect all comics. I mean, from the open micer trying it for the first time to the ones that are that are struggling, trying to trying to get uh, get enough, get out there enough. You know, get their names known. Yeah. To, uh, I think Tiffany Haddish. I think she's fun to watch. Yes. You know, I mean, she's she's got some work to do because she, as far as the stand-up aspect of it, you know, you can't just jump into to stand-up comedy because you're uh, com- uh, actor, comedian. You know what I mean? You yeah. Do funny yeah. movies. You yeah. can't get on stage and do stand-up. Yes. You know what I mean? So, <clears throat> and that's uh, like I said, everybody. I, I love comedy. I like seeing people laugh and have a good time. Yes. That's, well, yeah, I think the ones that I like, of course, I like Dave Chappelle. Oh, yeah. And, well, yeah he's really great. Um, who else do I really enjoy? Um, I liked, um, well, I'm, I'm forgetting her name. Um, not Sarah Silverman. It was a woman I always enjoyed. She was, I think, a TV writer. Um, all right, I'm drawing a blank. But, <laughs> so anyway, so and I like Jeff Foxworthy. When I was a little kid, my yeah. grandparents they were really into Jeff Foxworthy, um, and they would buy his cassette tapes. They would yeah. play them for me during the evening time some weeks, and I just loved them. It was just he would make jokes about going to the bar when he should have been home with his wife, and I remember one joke he made about um, his wife was mad at him because he wasn't home. And he was, she knew he was at the bar, so she called that very number of the bar. And it was like, baby, how'd you know I was here? Because she was like, that's where you're always at. And it was like, I'll make it up to you. And then she would hang up, and the bartender asked, um, hey, what'd you say to your wife? I told her, kiss my ass. And everyone would start laughing. <laughs> 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 yeah, he, uh, he really blew up. And him and that uh, redneck, uh, what is it? There was a bunch. They were the. Um, there was like a group of you know, them. You know you're a redneck. You know you're a redneck when. It was, then, yeah, it was him and then Bill Ingrave Bill and Larry the Cable Guy. Yes, uh, and uh, the all oh, blue collar comedy. That's it. Yeah, that was the name of their yeah, group. Yeah, they really, really took off with that and and did really well, especially when they went to TV. Yeah. And they had that little run. So. Yes. It's right place, right time. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was doing some research on you, Keith, and I hear that you're good at bowling. You actually studied bowling <laughs> while you were in college, and you majored in it. So I just yeah, want to know, how good it. were you at bowling? <laughs> oh, Sinclair alumni. Yes, sir. <laughs> well, let's put it like this. If I was uh, in the World Series of bowling with 12-year-old girls, I'm pretty sure I'd probably come in third. Okay. Play second. Uh, we don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, that was, that was just a, uh, Yeah. I'm a pretty awesome bowler. Just what do you think your best score ever was? Like 200, 250? <sighs> Written down without cheating. My best score? Yeah, without cheating. Ooh. <laughs> I think I did a uh, 225, maybe. 225. Once. Okay. The best game I ever did. I got a 189. 
I've never done a 200 because I've, I've never done league, but I know over the years, me and my family, we would go bowling sometimes. Right. And I also took a bowling class while I was at Wright State. Now, I didn't major in it like you did, but I, um, <laughs> they, taught, they taught me some things, <coughs> and I did okay. It was the best I ever did when I took that class, and I got 189 one game. I got strikes. I was in spares when I wasn't ever before. I was proud of myself, so I... Maybe one day I'll make it to 200, but um, that was the best I ever did. You get excited it? when you get them turkey, them that four in a row, ain't it? Four strikes. It was three in a, in a row. row. I've done I've done three in a row. I think twice in my life. Yeah, turkey is three in a row. I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah you we'll, could be right. Yeah, yeah, we'll say that. Right. I don't think it's four in a row. Yeah, but two gutters after that is probably not good. So. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of sports, um, I'm a big fan of baseball, and I hear that you are too. You really like the Cincinnati Reds. Yeah. I've seen his photos of you. You've been to their fantasy camp, oh, hanging yeah. out with some of the past stars of yesteryear for Cincinnati Reds baseball. Um, of course, when this podcast airs, the season will be like two weeks old, the 2019 right. season. So what do you think about Cincinnati Reds and their chances for this season? I'm, I'm always rooting for the Reds. I mean, at the, be- you know, at the beginning. Um I just would like for them to keep it going after the, it seems like after the All-Star break is when, for some reason, they, they lose it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then toward the end when they they're really need to be winning, they're, they're, they're uh, falling apart. Well, yeah, so, they, they have a, they've had a poor pitching staff the last few yeah. years. So hopefully with the new, new staff and everything, we will uh, we'll have a good season. Yes, they did a lot of them. Um, I really like the hiring of David Bell because he's, he's actually from Cincinnati, Ohio. He went to high school for Cincinnati Moeller, so he understands the neighborhood. He knows the history of the team. Um, so I know he's not a big name. I know when they were doing the hiring process, they were, the mainstream was one, then the hire Tony LaRusso or um, yeah, but, or, or that Joe Girardi. Like yeah. these more well-known the, names. The, they, wanted going for, they wanted to go with David Bell, and he's not a mainstream name, but I, it was a good hire. I, I, I have high hopes for him. I like Sonny Gray. I've always liked his pitching. So I feel good about them because they're new starting pitching. Because it was just ferocious. Like, because Joey Votto, it didn't, that offense that they have, they had, some of the, they had the best offense in the game. Top five, but it didn't matter. Right. Because their starting pitching didn't last long. Their leaving was weak. Awful. Yeah, they needed to fix that pitching. And <coughs> I, believe, I believe they did that. Well, let's hope so. We'll we'll see. Darius Rucker said they're going to win the World Series. Do you think Darius Rucker is correct in which they will win the World Series this year? Oh, did he call that? He called it. He's from he's that rocker from Hootie and the Blowfish. Well, yeah. Well, I'm hoping so. That that would be awesome. I like his predictions. I think the Reds will win the World Series. That's my hope. Um, Now I learned I did some more research on you, Keith. Um, I'm intrigued that. You've done work as a main tech at a local hospital here in Dayton. Um, so you work at a hospital, and I would say you're a guy with two different lives because at night you work on your comedy career and do all this entertainment. Of course, by day you um, work at a hospital with, you know, their sick kids and old people. I just want to know, do you have any stories on whenever those two worlds ever collided? Where, now, for example, say you saw a sick kid at a hospital the morning that you worked, and later at night you saw that same kid at a very mature comedy show. Did something like that ever happen? No. Well, actually, I work maintenance. I work uh, third shift. Okay. Yeah, I work night shift. 
So I do my comedy whenever I can. Yeah, okay. On the on a on the weekends or whatnot. Okay. But I haven't uh, I haven't touched on my my work stories yet. I've been there 25 years. So yes, I'm thinking when I finally do tap into that gold mine. Yeah, I might I might have something. So I'm waiting to I'm waiting to get into that. So well, so vice versa. Were you ever at a hospital and a stand-up comedian that you've worked with that just showed up saying, "Hey, I know you." Has that happened to you yet? Have I have I seen anybody? Yeah, have you seen like Don Smith or some other comedian at hospital? I worked with Don Smith. Don Smith was I was Don Smith relief. Don Smith worked second shift maintenance. Oh, and I came I came into relieve him every night for. You know, uh, how long I didn't. Yeah, for two or three years, maybe. I, I've learned something new about Don yeah. Smith. I didn't know he worked. Yeah, he sure did. Yeah, he um. Well, he does very well for himself now because he owns the um, Wiley's comedy joint. Yeah, he he's, doing, he's, he's doing really good with that. They're coming around now. They're, All right, Don. They're I learned there. Don, I learned some about you today. So that's <laughs> All right. that he actually works. Yes. Or worked. I don't know if he still does or not. Yeah, I don't know if he does any real work, but we'll, we'll see about that. <coughs> um, I want to talk to you about your current DATV project, um, but you currently work on a show over there. And of course, these shows, they're non-profit. You can't make any money off those. Right. But you'll no. get experience. But I want to know from you personally, what do you personally gain in doing a TV show at DATV? Well, right now, I'm, I'm, I just shot last weekend, I shot a... New show, and this time I went behind the camera. Yeah. And uh, had Ray Jackson is the host of the show. It's called Serious Comedians with Ray Jackson. Okay. And we had uh, for the first pilot we had uh, Jesse Nutt on the show. We had uh, Dre Clark, okay. Nate Washington, and uh, Eric Bugio were the first four guests. Okay. And uh, they talked about. Like kind of what we're talking about, you know, serious stuff as far as comedy or what's happening with comedy or right. what's happening in the White House or, you know, whatever. It's just, it was a, it was a nice forum and I liked it. Yes. And I think it's going to do really well. Um, has that show aired yet or is it going to No. As a matter of fact, I'm leaving here to go start doing the editing on it. Editing, okay. That's the fun part for oh, me. Oh, Yes. Oh, me. well, I can relate because I have edited these lovely podcasts as right. well. Right, yeah, That's so imagine doing it with video. Oh, okay. And uh, my other show is uh, Comedy Ain't Easy. Yes. So I've got about 20 of those episodes out with me and uh, Brock Shank. Yes. And we've been in the studio to being out and about in the streets. Uh, okay. I interviewed Ray Jackson at, <laughs> at Delco Park out, you know, yeah. by the lake. So... <laughs> That was that's a fun show, but it's it's kind of hard to to uh, to get together with with Brock and to f- find a host and to work yeah. my shift and to try to do comedy. So I was kind of cons- doing too much for myself. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I had to like kind of back up, yeah. take a breath. You know, because I'm not as young as I used to be. So. Yeah. I th- well, I think any age you can burn out because I've so, burned. Yeah. In my life, I've burned out over things. We take on too yeah. much. The idea is you don't want projects to control you. You control the project. Exactly. The moment it's vice versa, then you're screwed. Yeah, and yeah. You, then you're just going to so. quit, rage quit. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. Right. And I've had that happen to me, and I've seen it happen to other people. 
I hope yeah, it doesn't happen just to slow you. Down. Well, just slow down and just enjoy what you what you got, and then just keep it moving. You yeah. know, what I mean, don't worry about what anybody else is doing or, or what they're saying. Just you know, stay in your lane. Yes, and you'll be fine, which is fine with me. You know, my lane is yeah slow and steady. Yes, you're you on know? the right lane. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, but the Kanye so, Easy Show is that on YouTube? For people that want yeah, watch. it's on my YouTube channel, Keith Irvin, or under uh, if you uh, hashtag comedy ain't easy in any form, easy with a Z. With a Z, okay. Yes, you will so go right to my channel. Yeah. So I've got that one. I've got everything Dayton, where I've uh, shot the uh, Walk of Fame yes. ceremony, which was pretty big for me to do. That was a big one. Yes. And uh, I've featured some artists, like a, a singers, like I'm doing next end of the month. I've got a, a singer coming in, and we're going to shoot like an hour showcase of her talent. Yes. In the studio, end of this month, for everything dating with Keith Urban. Okay. So, like I said, just one, just picking and plopping in if you want to watch it and enjoy it, you know. Yeah. It's there. Yes, because uh, I've definitely have heard of it. I haven't had time to watch much of it, but a lot of people at home, they probably... Because it does air on DATV at times, but for people that don't have DATV... Yeah, they don't have DATV. That's like a good alternative to YouTube channel. And they can also go to uh, DATV.org and go to their website. And yes. they've got where you can watch a live stream yes. of any any show that's showing on Spectrum. Absolutely. For that time. And they've got a schedule of all the shows that's coming up. So, yes. Absolutely. So it, it, it's watchable, like I said, and everything I do is on my on my uh, YouTube. And I just, as soon Absolutely. as I finish this uh, serious comedian with Ray Jackson, he'll yeah. have his own spot, and I'll start posting his shows. On is that coming one. out in like May or June? It sounds like it's no, supposed it, to be ready. It's, it's, uh, it's going to be out before, uh, what is this day? I'd say... First part of April. First of April? Yeah. Okay, so it might be out by the time this the, airs, because I think people at home, this will probably come out mid-April, so it'll be out yeah, by then. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be out, yeah, for sure, because we've got another shoot for the second one Yeah. Uh, that next month, so yeah. we have to do it month by month. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Till we figure out what direction we want to go with it. Well, I look forward to that project with Ray Jackson, because he is a funny cat. Yeah, they, they, I they, really like they, him. They had a good time with it, you know. I look what I mean? forward to seeing that as well so, when it does come out. Yeah, I'm excited to to edit it and get it out there. Okay, now come on April 26th. You're going to do a show with Cry for Help Comedy. Now talk about that show plus other stand comedy shows that's going to come up within the next two months for you. Yeah, uh, Cry for Help. This is probably my third time with this group of guys. Ray uh, Ranson. Yeah. Uh, uh, put me on this show again and I'm always thankful that he thinks of me and throws me a bone just to yeah. let me go up and do it live because I my favorite is definitely doing comedy clubs yes you know what I mean like Wiley's and and I've been dating Funny Bone in quite a while but the club scene is my favorite to where I feel more yeah. relaxed and uh excited to get up and yes and make people laugh so and we've got uh, my partner in crime is brock shanks on that show with me uh jessica growls on there with me yes 
of course, Rance and, and my buddy, uh, Dale Bloomquist. Yes, Dale Bloomquist. Is still yes. uh, kicking it, you know. <laughs> All right, it sounds like so. So that's the Cry for Help comedy show. What yeah. else will you be doing that people should know about? Uh, let's see. I've got uh, April 6th. I'm pretty excited. I'm uh, going to Williamsport, Ohio. Okay. And I will be featuring for the very funny Mr. Uh, Donnie Baker. Okay. So those are always him. good shows because he sells out every show he yeah. does. So, and, and, uh, and I get to sell merch. So, oh, um, that's always so a So there's at least, he usually has 250 or more. Yeah. Always at his show. So, and they have a good time. They love, Don, I mean, Donnie Baker is like a god to, yeah. to, to his fans. Yes. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that one. Okay. And, uh, and of course, the, uh, 20, the 26th. Is the Cry for Help show? Yes. At Wiley's. Yes. It's ten bucks. Yes, yeah, only ten bucks. It's only ten bucks, and that's Friday show. Yes. Twenty seventh, there's the early show and a late show. Okay. With, uh, different comics on each one, so. Okay. I mean, you can, you can't go wrong. You should. You should check out mine, but you should also think about check. Check out both of them if you have the money. Right. All right. All right, um, I think we covered everything today. So people at home, Keith Irvin, he's a guy on the rise. He has a show, Comedy Ain't Easy. And of course, then there's the, Ray J the new project with Raymond Jackson. Serious Comedians serious with comedians. Raymond Jackson. Yes, that's coming up next month, which might be out by the time you guys hear this. And then we have, um, yes, you cry for help. And of course, Reds baseball, they're going to win it all. So, all right. Yes, sir. Keith, thank you for helping me make history today. I hope this... Sounds great, because I'm using this equipment for the first time. But thank you for inviting me. That I was really, um, I'm really thankful that, that you thought of me to yes. include me in your, your avenue of, you know. Yeah, this experiment which, of mine. Yeah. Well, yeah. you're welcome, Keith. And um, yes, yeah, so you, you have to go edits. So I'll let you go. But thank you for being here today. All right. Thank you, buddy. Right, I appreciate you, it. Thank you. Let's get to our next music showcase for this episode. Um, this guy, he is a man of many um, skills in the music world. He does a lot of EMD. He plays piano. He plays a guitar. Um, coming out of Cincinnati, Ohio, this artist I'm about to play is from Michael Bennett, a.k.a. Spooked. Of course, Spooked is spelled S-P-O-O-K-E-D. So there's an emphasis on Spooked. Um, I guess you got to say it as Spooked. So I guess something like that. I guess that's how the crowd would say it. But coming out of Cincinnati, Ohio, he releases um, um, solo tracks every once in a while for his SoundCloud.com slash Spooked. That's where you can find all this music. I'm going to play um, samples of his latest work. I'm going to go ahead and play Morning Walk, and then I'm going to play Blooming.
What's your definition of success? Graduating, and without all that college debt. Hiring someone out of college with the right skill set. Taking my passion and turning it into a career. Your success starts here, Owens Community College. Owens Community College out of Perrysburg, Ohio. I am playing their promo on this episode as um, I'm as I made a decision to pledge to them for their work in the um, in their community. It's been a while since I made this pledge, and my way for me to do that, I decided to play their um, commercial or their ad. I'm gonna do this for several episodes, at least for four episodes. I might do more than that, as I got plenty of clips that I was able to use. So I decided to use that clip. And if you live in the Perrysburg, Ohio area and you're, you have a kid that's graduating or you're someone that's never went to college and you want to give it a shot for really cheap, um, and it's in Perrysburg, Ohio, check out Owens Community College. It's a great way to start your career. Just like I started my career at St. Clair Community College. My um, education began from there and, hi and history took place after that. Hopefully it was good history, but yeah, take a chance to yourself for your education. Definitely good Owens Community College. They're a great place. I recommend them because I like what they're doing. They look really clean and sleek. They have a good record. And yeah, I like what they're doing down there. So give them a shot if you're able to. It's now time for the last of Ohio. Yes, this was formerly the final message when I was at college radio. But this is like a reimagining of that segment. This is the last of Ohio. And for this episode... I want to share my thoughts on the recent allegations, on the recent accusations towards Michael Jackson. Yes, Michael Jackson, of course, he's part of the famous Jackson family and music. They grew up in Indiana, and a lot of them still live in Indiana. So that's pretty much the region. That's close by to Ohio. Well, that's technically not Ohio. But I will cover the region if it's very interesting and it's got people's attention. And this is a really big deal. Um, he's Michael Jackson has been once again being accused of sexual molestation towards children. A documentary came out recently called Leaving Neverland. It was it focused on Wade Robeson and James Safe Chuck. They were interviewed saying that when they were kids, meeting Michael Jackson, he often abused them and manipulated them. And it's very strong, regardless on how you feel of the story, whether you think it's true or not. There was a very, it was very um, descriptive, very powerful, and shocking. I have seen it. It was very strong. Now, I, I am torn like many people. I'm torn on what to think of this. Because at the end of the day, it is just a story. There is a lot of strong evidence that Link him actually doing this. Except there was one instance. I guess security footage came out of James, a, young, say, a young James Safechuck. He was with Michael Jackson. They were at a, um, a local, I guess, gift shop in Las Vegas, shopping for wedding rings for, I guess, then Michael Jackson, his then girlfriend. Because he's saying that it was really the ring was really for him to keep the relationship secret. And he had like a box of six rings. And that is a very powerful image. I think the thing is now is an expert would have to look at those rings and decide if a, if a store, a particular store would sell those rings. And that will all be determined, hopefully, in time, because the Jackson estate, they are suing the makers of Leave a Neverland 
for a lot of money and for defamation, saying it's a complete lie. And of course, it also violates HBO's agreement to not ever slander Michael Jackson, which they signed back in 1993, um, because he was a, he's been accused of, he's been accused of this a few times in his life, unfortunately. And, uh, and as an agreement to air his special on HBO at the time, they had to, the HBO had to agree to not say anything bad about Michael Jackson or make any strong accusations. So this apparently violates this, allegedly among other things. But here are my thoughts uh, as I have seen the uh, movie, and I also saw After Neverland with Oprah Winfrey. This can go either way. I am torn. If I were to believe that this story is true, I would have to reconsider... Um, listening to Michael Jackson's music because he's one of the all-time great artists. I definitely like his music. I, I have a strong appreciation for great music, but this I I couldn't condone this if he if, there, if it is proven that he did do this, he definitely shouldn't be celebrated. Because that was the other thing that was brought up. The accusers they did they did say that since they were attacked by him. They have trouble listening to his music, because knowing that it's him, what he would wind up doing. So, I mean, that would make logical sense. And that is assuming that were true. So if it's true, yes, I would definitely reconsider. And I definitely, I mean, I'd have to, you know, it's tough. Because, you know, a lot of us who grew up listening to this music on VH1, MTV, it would be, it would definitely be, it would be a different feeling. But I think it would be the right thing to do to try to take a stance, not really celebrate his music. And I think the time, the, allegedly the time that he first started doing this, if this is true, was during the years he, he made the Bad album. So during the Thriller years, he allegedly didn't do any of this to kids. This kind of grew towards the late 80s, apparently. And so I don't know, maybe we only listened to Michael Jackson through the Thriller album years and then before that. So perhaps post thriller we banned him. So no, no, we have to work all that out. I know. I think when that when that um day in court happens, I think a lot of people make their decision that day because this is probably gonna last at least a year. There's some new court date with the Jackson estate and the makers of Leaving Neverland. So I think we can make his final decision then. What the experts have to say about the story, because if I do believe this to be a lie, a lot of people do think it's bullcrap. It, because J James. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, Wade Robeson, he has defended Michael in the past saying that he never hurt him and he, he would never do that to kids. He was a strong um, ally for him during his um, accusations during the 2005 trial against him. So the thing about Wade Robeson, he's either lying now or he was lying back then. So that's the tricky part. He's lying about something. He can't because you can't have it both ways, obviously. So if he's lying, or I guess James James Safe Truck, if he's lying as well, then I guess shame on them, obviously, because this has really happened. There is real abuse out there. Of course, with the Bill Cosby situation, there was proof he really did this. And I think to prove that um, people are lying about something like this has to do with money. Are they asking for money? Are they trying to get opportunities for themselves where they can make millions of dollars? That wasn't the case with the Bill Cosby ordeal. This person, or the several people that came forward, they were their story proved to be legible. It proved to be true. They wasn't looking to get famous and restart their Hollywood career. Because a lot of them didn't even have Hollywood careers. They were just people he ran into and he did this horrible act to. 
And they did, I guess they allegedly did find some proof or some evidence that he did do this. The big one was the um, professor at Temple. That's why he's in jail now. That story held up to be true. And I really don't know the person that, that well, the per, the um, Temple professor, because that's that I think that that right that right there that's proof that she wasn't it for the money. She really wanted justice. Because I don't think yeah she didn't even ask for money. She just wanted the guy to go to jail and pay for what he did. And that's what's happening now. Where with Wade Robeson and James, there has been proof that they tried to get money from the family before. Like they they filed a big lawsuit three years ago millions of dollars so they've tried to get money from them before so there is there's money involved with this whole ordeal and of course michael jackson he's not around to defend himself so it's easy to pick on the dead guy so that's the other reason why this could be this could be a false story but i am torn because i hate to say that they're liars and it's found out that they were telling the truth because i don't know only god knows what happened that night and I think we'll find out from stronger experts than I on the situation what really happened. That will find itself out. And I think then I'll make a final decision on what I think of Michael Jackson. And share your thoughts. I kind of want to know what you guys think of what's happening to Michael Jackson and his legacy. This is the first time I spoke on it. So once again, you can um, talk to me about the show. A good place to talk to me um, about this episode um, if you are a paying tier customer for, at my Patreon, and you can start off for at least $1, everyone can start for at least $1, I will have a pull-up for what you think of this episode, making sure your thoughts there. Uh, another good place is my Facebook, facebook.com slash Um I'll, When I share my episode, I'll, I'll probably ask what you thought, and you can share your thoughts there. And we'll see if we get a good conversation going. So that was the last of Ohio, the very first last of Ohio for this professional version of Ohio was on fire. And for anyone that listened to this episode, thank you again. I hope you liked it. Um, download and enjoy just like my robot woman at my um, new theme song. My new theme song for right now is the, is the instrumental version of Dystopia Earth is on Fire from the band Yacht. That's what I'm using because I had some special effects in there. I hope you really enjoyed it so you can share your thoughts on what you thought of the new theme music, the theme intro. So my next episode um, will be episode 189. I'll have my interview with reggae legend Sifari. He is from Yellow Springs. I had a really good discussion with him. Of course, I'll share some thoughts on what's going on in Ohio. And I'll have some more music. So that'll be in the next episode. Um, and thank you once again. This is new for me. I mean, I, I don't know how, how this is going to turn out. Hope it's great. So I'm going to go ahead and sign off for this episode. So until the next Ohio's on Fire, Keith Irvin, Patreon.com, Ohio Podcasters, that's the way it is.